The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Hewitt. In this episode, I'm chatting with Jasmine Larian Hekmat, founder and creative director of Cult Gaia. She's sharing her design process from conception to launch, what it takes to stand out as a fashion brand on social media, and advice for people wanting a job in fashion. Thank you so much, Jasmine, for joining me today. I am so excited for everyone to hear from you. So if people don't know about you, tell us who you are and what your brand is. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Mariana. I am the founder and creative director of Cult Gaia, and we are a lifestyle brand. We started with, you know, flower crowns and headbands and then bags. And now we do shoes, clothing, accessories, uh, and the whole gamut. And everything is so good. Like everything is so, so good. And I've been a fan of the brand for so long when I came to a preview at your house in your backyard. Yes, so long ago. The pieces are so beautiful and they're so recognizable. But I want to start with like the beginning of your fashion career. So you went to FIT, correct? Yes, I went to Otis for a foundation year here in LA and then I transferred to FIT. And then when you went to FIT, what was it that you majored in or studied in school? I did fashion design and um, I minored in international trade and marketing. Oh, wow. When you went to school, was your plan to start your own brand? Or when you went to school, did you want to work as a designer for another brand? I always wanted to start my own brand. You know, there was nothing I ever wanted to do other than this. And I consciously decided I didn't want to design for anyone else. First of all, because I was too insecure, I think, to do so. And second of all, I always thought that the second I got into a career of being a designer for someone else, it would be much harder to start on my own and do it myself because I would, you know, get in the groove. Um, So I just knew if I was going to do it, I had to start somewhere. Um, I actually, you know, in my graduation year, I had slowly started a brand called Gaia Osteo that I was sketching and designing for thinking I would have this like ready-to-wear couture dress line. And Cult Gaia was kind of an accident. Oh, wow. An ac- a great accident. <laughs> yeah, a really great accident. I started doing... It was kind of a hobby. I mean, I had collected fabric my whole life from vintage fabric stores. And like I would just buy vintage textiles. I'd buy like a dress that had a beautiful fabric to it just to keep. Just knowing that one day I would use it. And then FIT was right next door to the Flower District. So I'd walk over and get all these like beautiful silk fake flowers. And so I started making these wired head wraps out of the fabric I had. So it's just like a scarf with a wire on it. Flower crowns that I would give to my friends for like birthdays or special occasions. And it kind of became like our thing. It was such a crazy thing (laughs) to wear because you wore it out anywhere and everyone would flock to you. It was like such a social starter. I mean, guys were coming up to me to buy it off my head to to their girlfriends or their date. (laughs) That's amazing. And then it was just something like you saw, and if someone got one, you, you could track them. Because mm-hmm. they're wearing something so recognizable on their head. And then, you know, we were just a bunch of girls in New York City wearing like flowers in our hair. 
I love that the pieces you have are so recognizable because I feel like that's what I love about Cult Gaia. And when I see a piece, I know it's your brand and I feel like brand DNA and like who you are, it's so clear. And a lot of people, when they're starting out their brands, it kind of takes a while for them to figure out like their groove. But I think probably the most recognizable piece from the early days of Cult Gaia is the ARC bag. Yes. The ARC bag, the infamous ARC bag. So you launched that bag, but it wasn't for a few years until it like really took off and became popular. Yeah. So we launched it and I had all this inventory and I would had just graduated from doing like the flower crowns and the turbans. And then here was this bag and I was just like, okay, I need to liquidate. So I started giving it away. <laughs> And then as I was giving it, I was like, oh my gosh, we need more. People oh my gosh. buying this. And then it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And we were like, oh wow. It really taught me that the fashion cycle can really kill a design mm-hmm. because things need a little bit more time to breathe and I think become it items. And then did you learn a lot from that? Obviously, like gifting really does work. And if I, if I give these bags to people, it really does help sales. Because I think, especially as a small and new brand at the time, it's really expensive to gift items and not really know what the return is. Yeah, I do think it's important. Um, I think at the time it was more important because it was, I was like a one product business. So it was all I had. Now it's a little bit harder because you have to gift seasonally. And by the time it can breathe, you don't have the inventory anymore sometimes. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think gifting on like a core cadence makes sense. So when, what I mean by that is styles that are evergreen that aren't collection focused, but are just like great, no matter what, no matter the season, no matter the time, no matter the year, like in 10 years, that's also going to be an amazing piece. When you think about core, core pieces, do you think core being more accessories or core could even be like the clothing items as well? Both. I think accessories and clothing. Um, I think like neutrals to me are always core. Same. (laughs) But you know, the customer decides what's core. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like I can decide, you know, like Sarita has become a core dress. You oh, know? it's so good. Like it's I wore so that good. and everyone's like was dying for it. Like, where can I buy this? It's sold out everywhere. And it's just one of those pieces that it's so flattering. It's so sexy. It's comfortable. And I, it just makes you instantly want to go on vacation somewhere. Yeah, it looks so good on you. Thank you. It's. I know you, I saw some teases that you were posting of other dresses, um, kind of in like the same vein of that one. And I can't wait because they're so good. Yeah, I'm so excited. I We tend to do that. Like we make something and I'm like, oh, this could be so much better. This could be better. And even in the life cycle of the product, I'm like, okay, let's do this. So we added an elastic to the under bust of the Sarita for new production um, to help girls get a lift. You know, mm-hmm. we're introducing the, the Cameron dress, which gives you coverage. So you can get like the Sarita look, but it's a bit easier. It's like mm-hmm. the dress that I think I'll wear a lot more of than Sarita. So I can't wait. Thank you. So do you think a design background is a must if you want to start your own clothing brand? Because obviously you do have that background. I definitely don't believe it's a must, but I think it makes things a lot easier. I know how my business runs top to bottom and feel like I can almost do 
everything, well, le- a little bit less now, but <laughs> I think it's important to know what people are doing and how to fix problems when you kind of know how it works. But I think you can also always learn in the field. Um, I don't think schooling is necessarily a must at all. Um, I actually think you learn more by doing it. Yeah. And if you didn't have that design background, but you wanted to start a clothing brand, would you say someone should then hire a team of designers? Oh, Oh, great. Intern. Yeah. I think internships are the best way to learn. Um, and I think people take it for granted. I wish I could still intern. <laughs> uh, it's the only time other than school that someone's willing to teach you something. Because once you get a job, you better know what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I think internships are so valuable. I definitely learned more on the job after college than I really did in school. And even in a, in a short few months, I feel like you can learn so much from people. Yeah. What did you study? I went to school for like communications and journalism and I wanted to be Oprah when I grew up and I just had a passion for like, (laughs) yeah, I had a passion for sharing the things that I loved. And at the time I thought the only way to do that was to be a television host. And then luckily the internet came around, but everything I studied in school, as far as like putting together video content and, you know, recording content, I just shifted into my own platform instead. And so that's what I went to school for. But I definitely like now I feel like you can learn anything on YouTube. Yeah, that's actually my like one of my favorite interview questions. I always ask, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, oh, I shouldn't give this away. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to show my cards. Uh, but I love when people say I look it up on the internet. Because to me, the quickest point from A to B is a straight line and you can Google it. Google is your best resource. And I say the same thing when we were starting Summer Fridays. I literally just searched like product manufacturers or like skincare manufacturers. And I just cold called people and emailed people and they have forms and some people got back to me and some people didn't. And it really, everything is on the internet now. Everything. Let's talk skincare. It is my favorite moment of self-care morning and night, which is why we created our own brand. My co-founder Lauren and I were on a mission to create a line of clean skincare products that worked, and that's how Summer Fridays was born. You may have already tried our best-selling jet lag mask, which is perfect for this time of year when your skin is feeling extra dry. Use it as an overnight mask, eye cream, or even on your hands. We've also got a limited edition jumbo size just for the holidays. In your morning routine, try CC Me Serum, which helps with hyperpigmentation and dark spots. If you're looking to help smooth your skin texture, try Summer Friday's new Soft Reset AHA Exfoliating Solution. It's a powerful three-in-one treatment that exfoliates, brightens skin, and reduces the appearance of pores. Have you been wanting to try a Summer Fridays product? Get 15% off your order with the code LIFEWITHME on summerfridays.com from now until December 17th. That's L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-M-E for 15% off on summerfridays.com. Certain exclusions apply and cannot be combined with other offers. When you started Cult Gaia, were you scared to launch? Because I know fear is something really that holds people back from pursuing their dreams. So I always say just start something because I didn't think... So I had this other line I was making that was this whole thought out thing. And then Cult Gaia just came to be because I started doing... like It was kind of a hobby. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have so much expectations on it. It was kind of like a fun thing. Then I started shooting it on friends. And then I made a website on like something called Goodsy. And then I moved it to Weebly. And then Shopify (laughs) came along. You know what I mean? And like, 
it kind of just, when you do things, things start happening, right? So I think putting one foot in front of the other and just starting is important. I actually don't believe you need like a master plan because plans don't ever go according to plan. And I believe in like just going for it. Agree. So the brand has evolved from flower crowns to everything that you have now. Who would you say the cult Gaia woman is and like the vibe of the brand? So Gaia is a really loaded name. Um, It's the goddess of mother earth and the daughter of chaos. Um, And I really believe like this chaos is an extremely creative force. So I think a creative woman who is, you know, goddess-like and I don't like to really say what that means because I think every woman is so many things, but, you know, appreciates art and details and beautiful things and is a collector of, you know, inspiring moments, experiences and items. I feel like that comes through in like all of your imagery, like every campaign image that I see down to like the textures of the backgrounds of like where you shoot it explains that so well. And when you're thinking about social, how do you stand out as a brand on social media where there's so many fashion brands? I know there's so many now. Um, I just think we keep doing what we're doing. Um, I like, you know, I love beautiful content that like makes your heart skip a beat. So that I think that's something we've just done consistently well. I'm losing locations though. I need like some more epic mm-hmm. architectural spots. It's hard but when you can't travel either right now. Like you're, you are limited. It's so hard. Yeah. But I think we're doing a good job. How do you stand out? I think storytelling and authenticity is really important. I think like being authentic, like you said, to your brand DNA and speaking to your customer in a way that doesn't feel like you're marketing to them. Mm-hmm. And You know, I still help manage our social. So it still feels like it's coming from me. I feel like the second you kind of lose that zhuzh, you lose like the soul. So I think always trying to find a way to make, you know, your presence soulful Mm -hmm. online is obviously a really big challenge, but at least for Cult Gaia, really important to me. I love it. Every time I'm like, save, save, like all the inspiration, all the locations. (laughs) I just really feel like transported. And I really, truly understand the brand every time I see a picture. And even if it's not on your page, I know that it's the brand. And I think that's when you know you have such a strong- so much. Thank you. It's just the best. So from conception to launch, like simply what do the steps kind of look like? Because I think people- have this, you know, conception that all of a sudden like a dress just appears, but there's so many steps and so much time it took to get there. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone get (laughs) a pencil and paper out. (laughs) So uh, let me walk through this. So we start with inspiration. It's probably like six months before. And I like to combine concepts. So for a resort, which is launching November 15th, Um, I had this image of Audrey Hepburn in like this very classy, classy woman, elegant. Uh, She's all pinned up in Marrakesh, Morocco. Wow. And then I was like, what would she be doing in my mind? Right. It's just my imagination. It's not reality. Um, And I was like, what if she was like a five day extravaganza rager? you know, like day to night. I love that. 
<laughs> and what would she wear in my mind? It's not, you know, so those contrasts, this like elegance with this party animal to me is, you know, to me, the chaos that makes the collection come to life. And then I basically tell this to my team and they start bringing ideas. And then we have a first sketch review and we go over, you know, first initial concepts. I like to go crazy first and then slowly pull back from there for the rest of the collection. Uh, We have someone who's our planner here who has been with me for a long time and she helps create like a skew plan. So I have some guardrails because I can go off the rails often, um, especially when it comes to design. And and then from there we do, you know, CADs, which is almost like the architecture of the styles when it, and then tech packs and then a first proto, which is, you know, first you do a fabric pattern or it's a drape. Um, and then we do lab dips for fabrics and fabric selection. And then we get, we choose like, we have all these boards and we have to choose what styles go in which fabric with which colors. And that's, you know, a really tedious process because the paradox of choice comes in and we, it doesn't make sense to make so much because mm-hmm. everyone's going to have to choose. So then we, you know, we place all the factories and first protos and we do all the fittings and then first samples come in and then we shoot and then we sell. Amazing. And then, and then production starts going because then we need a fit for production, mm-hmm. um, order bulk materials, um, order all the trims. Wow. This is a lot of steps. And it goes on and on. <laughs> Great. Yeah. When you're thinking about that process, like how much are you thinking like commercial and like your retailers, depending on like what you think they'll buy versus like what you truly want to sell? Because I think there's a difference between like what the retailers are dictating and wanting to purchase. It's a battle. I mean, there are some things that I know will do well on our e-com and with our wholesalers, but I try to stay true to what I want to make which isn't always a commercial success, but it's just important for me to, you know, to do what I love creatively. And also I'm so lucky that I built this brand online first and direct to consumers. So I'm very close to like, I know what my customer likes, what I like, I think. And if she can't find it at wholesale, she'll come to our website. So it's a balance. Obviously, it's important to nurture those wholesale relationships and make sure a wider audience can wear our stuff. But I, again, the soul of the brand is to me actually the things that are probably not commercial at all. Like, mm-hmm. I think those are important to make because at the end of the day, like you want to be happy in the work that you're doing and you want to be producing what makes you happy. And you never know, like you said, like the customer really dictates like what those core items and bestsellers are, and you never know what will gravitate towards the top. Yeah, exactly. Like Sarita is a good example. We actually thought that obviously we thought it would do really well for us, but we didn't think it would do well for our wholesale customers because it was so open. But that was such a great surprise that there's definitely an appetite for, I think, sexy pieces that aren't overt. Mm -hmm. So you have a big team of people now that are helping you at the brand. What do you look for as an employer? Like when you're interviewing people? I look for a can-do attitude because I don't think I'm a good micromanager. And, you know, obviously positivity 
I'm finding that skill set is becoming less and less important because someone who wants to learn and do it is almost more valuable than someone who knows, you know, what to do and how to do it. But um, yeah, I think a culture fit, sense of urgency, problem solver, you know, creative in their own right and a team player are things that are really important to me. And then you think internships help a lot. Like where would people find, where are good places to look for fashion internships? I would just message companies you like, asking them if they need interns. Please mm-hmm. message us if you want an internship. Like we, you know, everyone can use interns. And when you're an intern, you learn the most because you're not uh, siphoned into one, you know, part of the company. You're not doing one thing only, which is what happens when you start working. That's another thing I wanted to ask too. So I think when people think of a fashion brand, they think if I want to work there, I have to be a designer, but there's so many supporting roles to make a company go every day. What are some of the jobs within fashion that people can have that are not design-based? E-commerce manager, merchandiser, planner, if you're more analytical, finance, production, product development. So you don't need to be a designer, but you can just have a good eye and know how to you know, source and develop product tech designers, print designers, you know, we have content managers, social media managers, uh, production managers, pattern makers, a lot of makers. Lots of roles. (laughs) I also think people should follow your brand on social because I saw you guys post your job listing. So if people are looking for jobs, they should follow the brands that they love because I feel like that's the fastest way to know if they're hiring. Yeah, I would DM them, email them. Uh, your resume and cover letter and just, you know, be clear about what you're looking for. And then as far as like the cost of fashion, I think people are so used to fast fashion prices that they don't really understand like the true cost and value of like a well-made piece. What are some of these like hidden costs in fashion that people don't know about for like reasons why a piece can be so pricey? Yeah. Well, nice trims are really expensive. Like we use burled wood and like brush brass and it takes, you know, it's an extra step in the process. So custom trims, obviously production, like the cost to sew and fabric. Fabric is really expensive, especially if you want to use nice ones. But I think the biggest upfront cost is the product development. So protos, patterns, grading, and first samples, you know, is an arm and a leg. Wow. I think people are so used to shopping at like Zara's and H&M's and they see the cost of what something actually is and they are like, oh, this is so expensive. But really it's that other people aren't taking like the care and love in them because places are so large. They're placing such large orders that the quantities are just different. So I think yes. people's, the customer's perception is really skewed. Totally, totally. Then when you're looking for fabrics, are you guys designing your own prints in-house or are you finding like fabrics that already exist? We do our own and we're constantly developing new fabrics. I have like an archive of fabric that I've collected over the years. And so luckily it's really come into handy, come into good use. And being a mom, what has that taught you in business? Does it change your perspective or how you work? Yeah, it's made me a crazy multitasker. I think that's like my special sauce. I can do like 10 things at once. I don't know how good it is, but it's working. Mm -hmm. And it's also taught me how to prioritize my time. Mm -hmm. Like everything in my life is scheduled. Like if I have to do review something, it's five minutes on the calendar to review. Otherwise I don't have time to like 
just sit and go through things. Yeah. Like going through the to-do list is on the calendar, you know? <laughs> I live <laughs> by my calendar. Like I schedule it down to the minute and it really, really helps me so much. And if it's not on my calendar, I'll forget that I have to do it. Totally. It's not happening. It's never happening if it's not on the calendar. I want to ask about what was like some of the greatest challenges that you've had to overcome in business, not knowing the, the business that well, I would assume that one of the biggest things is all the knockoffs of the arc bag. And then I'm sure now with like your dresses and everything as well. Yeah, that used to really get to me. Um, but I'm kind of, I've been through it now. So I just am like, it's kind of the name of the game now. Mm-hmm. We do what we can to protect ourselves. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants a shot. So that is what it is. I think one of the biggest challenges was going on from, you know, is the pivot, is the arc and then ready to wear. I remember my first ready to wear collection. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to try this out. But everyone was like, why are you doing clothes? It's so much more work. Just stick with accessories. And I, you know, it was always what I wanted to do. So, I mean, wholesalers were like really apprehensive to pick it up. Um, but, you know, I, that's, I, I think it's the customer who's been really receptive and we're so lucky to have that girl because she was interested in it. And I've always proved from my customer first and gone upstream from there. So. Once she started being interested in buying, we slowly, you know, created a name for ourselves in that space. And then shoes was another example. Um, It was, you know, it was definitely challenging. But I also think, like, I've gotten really lucky. Um, Mm -hmm. I really believe in luck and taking the opportunity that luck brings you to the next level, so... Luck and a lot of good taste. Like your taste level is just like (laughs) incredible from like materials, like how things look and feel. Even like your office, like I was looking at a really cool light fixture that you have and I'm like, that just feels so cult Gaia. Like even the pieces that you have. And I think it's so important too, to be inspired by like your environment. And I'm so someone who is inspired by like the energy around me. So it's so important to like everything visually look how I want it to look. Totally. I I feel very similar. I need everything to be the way I like it visually. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to end with um, asking, what's the biggest highlight been for you since launching the brand? Um, I think really growing our team. And I've learned so much about myself through them uh, that it's been really gratifying, you know, to help other people grow and, you know, them help me grow this brand mm-hmm. um, has been really a really rewarding experience. I think far more rewarding than you know, collections come and go, you know, they're the most beautiful thing in the, in the simple moment is seeing a sketch come to life the way you want Mm -hmm. it to. It's like the best feeling ever. It's Christmas. Overall, it's the people I've met along the way who've really helped me fulfill, you know, this dream. I love that. I'm so happy for you. And thank you so much for coming on. And I hope everyone's so inspired by like your journey and your advice and goes and buys a dress and some shoes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank you. Come over. Come I will. Over soon. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know soon. when. I can't wait to see the office. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me. And follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. 